The two ways I see it going is, you know, you sit there and kind of goes up and down over time or whatnot, and then there's people that just keep skyrocketing up and their confidence doesn't follow. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to Whiskey, Lead, and Steel. Feelings hurt while you wait? Don't fuck this up. The official podcast of Aggressive Defensive Solutions. I'm Lee Curling. This is Jeremy Phillips. And on the end, of course, is, as always, Rick Sutton. So today we're going to talk about the relationship between confidence versus competence. And as we had a little bit of a pre-discussion on some of this, while it's confidence, competence leading to confidence, there can also be the kind of the corollary of that, of, of confidence in the absence of competence. So sure. Yeah, Rick, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so, um, so of course, you, you've got the confidence versus competence thing, you know, where, where people, when we know about this, we'll, we'll talk about this, where mm -hmm. people are extremely confident in their capabilities and they have no competency. One of the things that I, one of the things that I look at when I start talking about teaching people specifically stuff that has to do with shooting or any other physical skill set is there comes a point where you become competent, mm -hmm. right? And that competence gives you some confidence. Mm -hmm. And then because you have confidence, because you feel you're competent, um, you don't get rattled, mm -hmm. right? You know, um, if you, uh, you know, if, if the first time you've ridden a motorcycle, you have to go down a winding road in South Dakota with a bunch of switchbacks, uh, you're probably gonna wreck your bike because you're going to get startled, you're going to get rattled, you're going to be looking where you shouldn't be because you're just so overwhelmed. On the other hand, if you go, oh, I've been riding, I feel comfortable with this, um, and then so you're just kind of relaxed, maybe you come into that corner a little too soon, a little too late, and you go, oh, but, but I can handle this, I can get through without oversteering or understeering. Mm -hmm. So there's a correlation. Same thing, I think, happens with police department. One of the things that we were talking about uh, earlier in the pre-discussion about this is I've been involved in several situations and uh, through conversations I've had with other police officers. Um, you've been in a position where you've been justified in the use of uh, force of some mm -hmm. sort, either whipping a dude's ass or spraying him in the face with caps done or hitting him or, God forbid, shooting him. Um, but... You felt confident in your ability to handle the situation based on your experience and the time that you've got doing and you've seen this before, you've done this before, um, you've had to fight this guy before, whatever. Um, and so you go, all right, legally I'd be justified in hitting this guy or spreading this guy or shooting this guy, but I really don't think that I need to because I'm confident that if things don't change much, I can handle this situation. So even though I'm legally justified in this use of force, I don't really feel that I need to because I'm not scared. I'm confident. I know that I can handle this. As opposed to, um, you get a lot of people who are new at whatever job, new at being a pilot. New, and, and I would mm -hmm. imagine that if you look at the stats, you'll find that most accidents, most airline, ac you know, pilot accidents, motorcycle accidents, scuba accidents, mm -hmm. uh, surfing accidents, shooting, whatever, most of them come from somebody who is new at what they're doing and they don't, they don't feel comfortable and they don't feel that they have any confidence, that they don't have any competency and so they don't feel confident and because they don't feel confident, they spaz out and then things go to shit on them, which is different than what we were talking about, mm -hmm. about... Oh, I, I, I'm a fantastic shooter because mm. I, I, I win every time I go to this one shooting match against a bunch of kindergartners or whatever the fuck it yeah. is. Every, every time I go to the range by myself, I, I, I win against myself. Right? Yep. So anyway, yeah. Jeremy, got any thoughts there? I, I have some thoughts. So, uh, so I mean, you know, I, th I think I have you know, visual representation of you know, confidence versus competence. You know, in the beginning, if you start at zero at the intersection there, okay, great. You have no confidence because you have no confidence. It's a new sport. It's a new mm -hmm. job, whatever. And, you know, that line kind of goes up in some way, shape, or form based on your training, your experiences, all the things you've talked mm -hmm. about. And then at some point, it either levels off or it starts going down. Okay, you're not scuba diving anymore because you live in South Dakota, as you said. So, you know, you don't get a lot of chance to practice. 
had kids, something. You can't mm-hmm. participate in it. So your competence goes down. You got another Jeep. Got another Jeep, yeah. <laughs> These things happen. Jeep, Jeep 26. So, you know, okay, so your competency trails off or levels off. And some, you know, people that are open-minded are going to say, hey, I was this good, I'm not anymore. Mm-hmm. I was a competitive shooter 15 years ago, but since then I've maybe put 500 rounds downrange in 15 years. I am not that competent anymore. Yeah. And they recognize that, but okay, then they attend some training or they get back into it, and that competency picks up and the confidence goes with it. The other side of that is there's people whose competency levels off or drops, and their confidence keeps going up. I'm the best there is. Yeah, this side or the other. You know, kind of becoming braggadocious, if you will, of hyperinflating their confidence because their competency can't keep up with it. And you see that in instructors that don't do demos or whatnot. Oh, here's how you do it. But what if they've trained tens of thousands of people? When? You know, that, that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, but, you know, it's, it's yeah. part of the competency or whatnot mm-hmm. of continuing education, whether it's for scuba diving, airline certification, mm-hmm. cybersecurity, shooting, yeah. bike riding. You're not going to go ride the, you know, Tour de France if you haven't sat on a bike in three years. So, you know, get back into it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that drives me nuts about resumes and, you know, companies online, oh, hey, you know, I taught this. Okay, you taught TCCC when? 2003? Mm-hmm. I think I think things have evolved since then. Yep. So, you know, if your resume is like, hey, I took a defensive carbine course, even though I'm an instructor at a separate company, just to see what's out there. Mm-hmm. Just to continue learning to practice my skills. Maybe learn something else. Maybe learn what not to do. Yeah. Sometimes but, learning what not to do is the best thing you can learn out of, out of class. It's the, the Edison method. Right. I found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's the two ways I see it going is, you know, you sit there and kind of goes up and down over time or whatnot, and then there's people that just keep skyrocketing up and their competence doesn't follow. Yeah. Lee? Yeah, so, so, you know, I don't think you can talk about competence and confidence without bringing up the Dunning-Kruger effect, yeah. right? I mean, I mean that that's the first thing that, that most people jump to. And... And there may be some some data that goes the the graph that we see, right, always drawn out, may not be as uh, drastic as as the chart is drawn drawn mm-hmm. out. Um, and and you know, I think most people are probably already aware of the Dunning Kruger effect, but in 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 real. The, the the 15 second version of that is that that when you have no knowledge and no experience you have no confidence and when you gain a little bit of experience and knowledge in a subject your your confidence spikes and it, and I and I believe that partly that is due to the fact that that you now have no knowns you know now what you know mm-hmm. But you fail to recognize or fail to understand the unknown unknowns or even know what the known unknowns are. Yeah. And then as you gain more experience, that that confidence level crashes and falls almost back to the, the zero level because suddenly you've gained enough knowledge to go, oh, crap. I know nothing. Yeah. I, I suddenly I learned this much, and 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 there is this much more to learn. And then you begin from that point to to gain knowledge and slowly gain confidence as you as you go on. Now there are studies and such now that that you know those more come together, not quite the spike and all that. But I think that what we've got to look at on that is when does it matter, right? Yeah. I think I think that's the key when you start talking about that is when does it matter? So I don't think as a student coming into a class that I have a lot of experience and I have a huge amount of confidence 
misplaced confidence is necessarily that bad. I've never taught anyone anything, but I shoot pretty well. I'm a great instructor. That I think, I think that is misplaced. That and and whether it's I'm going to go teach somebody how to do a skill, which can cause cause great bodily harm by by teaching them to do something wrong, mm-hmm. whether it's putting a slinger on the back of your neck as putting you know as opposed to slinging a, a rifle correctly, because you because if you put it on your neck, you've got a lot more mobility there. Uh, but, until you lose all of your mobility. Well, right. But 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 you have zero understanding of the reason why we don't do it. Yeah. There is the whole we've always been doing something a certain mm-hmm. way and we need to recognize why we've been doing something a certain yeah. way as to whether we should continue to do something a certain way. Yeah. But you've got to have the understanding of the why because Placing a one-inch strap across the back of your neck and attaching a and nine, attaching a, a, a seven seven to nine pound gun to it. Uh huh. Even even if you're not in a defensive or offensive position, yeah. right? Which which in the military we don't do it because if somebody snatches your gun, they break your neck and then you're paralyzed. Best case, worst yeah. case, you just die. Yep. But even in a competitive competition type of of scenario not even a defensive type of scenario if you're doing movement with a gun and you trip and you get caught up in that you you can create exactly the same effect catch it on a barricade yeah absolutely right and so it's it's it becomes ah i i know something right and it's it's a misplaced right whether whether we want to call it hubris we'll call it whatever it's it's a lack of experience and it's misplaced confidence and i know the 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 thought was we would go in a whole different direction with this that you know competence builds confidence but i think we've got to address on the front end that a lack of competence (laughs) leads to in many cases an excess of confidence and and to that end Mm -hmm. specifically talking about the 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 community and the space that we work in, mm-hmm. right? See this all the time. And I used to see this with the shooting. I, I, I saw this on the shooting team one point in time. One of your buddies was talking about it. Um, so we had a guy who tried out for the shooting team. A- anytime he says one of my buddies, it is most decidedly not one of my buddies. All right, go ahead. So we had this guy, uh, credit where it's due. He decided he wanted to try out for the shooting team. Mm-hmm. And he showed up, and he was very confident, and he was ready to go. He had all the shit, and uh, you know, was he wearing five eleven pants? Uh, not then, but he eventually, yeah, he eventually went out and bought the kit. Backwards. Yeah, not in my fucking presence. He didn't. Not on my goddamn. <laughs> not on my watch, son. But anyway, so he showed up. Riverbelt. Yeah, so he showed up, and credit where it's due, mm-hmm. he showed up. He was confident that he was just gonna roll out here and just be John Q. Badass. Mm-hmm. And I heard him over talking months later with somebody else, and they were talking about shooting. And he said, "He said, you know, every, I, I was the top shooter in my class in the academy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I shot in the same group all the time my first three years on the department. So I went to the range with the same people all the time, and I was consistently the best shooter in that crowd." He said, "So I put in for the shooting team because I." I knew I was going to be, I was going to show up and I was going to be good. He goes, and I showed up knowing that I was a really good shooter. He said, and I found out in about two and a half hours that I'm not qualified to carry a couple of these guys' fucking range bags. He said, I thought I was a good shooter because I was a, I was a fairly big fish mm-hmm. in a pond. He said, and then. I got into the Atlantic Ocean and realized, oh, there's fucking megalodons in here. <laughs> this is a whole other critter. One of the things that we have, I have noticed here recently, and it's not me chucking rocks at anybody, but 
we run into people who shoot in competitions. Mm -hmm. And they started shooting competitions with us umpteen years ago, however many years ago. And then they took some classes, and then they went out and they did some training on their own, and they consistently got better within their group, mm -hmm. and they, they're good shooters. Mm -hmm. they're, they're pretty good shooters. They come out to our matches, and they do pretty well. Mm -hmm. But they haven't gone anywhere else. And they've never actually shot against any of us. They've mm -hmm. shot against their peer group. Mm -hmm. And so they go, oh, well, I shoot pretty well, and I've been doing it for a while, so clearly I know what I'm doing, so I can come out and start teaching. And, okay, if you, if you can do something well, relatively well, and you have the ability to teach what you know, mm -hmm. then have at it. Mm -hmm. Where you run into a problem, and where this is going to come back to bite some folks in the ass, I think, um, is I shoot shooting competitions fairly well, and I have no background with shooting outside of that, and now I'm going to start teaching defensive employment of firearms with zero background and barely any more legitimate training pertaining to that. I'm going to take this skill set. You know, it, I, I equate it to, well, I am the baddest go-kart driver at Ocean Breeze. So clearly I should be in fucking NASCAR. So, <laughs> so I don't want to name any names. One of our consistently best shooters. Mm -hmm. um, getting his girlfriend a gun. Ah. Right? Um, and what's a teacher and this, that, and the other. And then he, and he mentioned something akin to deadly force, although he did not use that. that, that but of what is, when is this? And I was like, what is deadly force? And he's like, well, man, that's funny. So no, no, what is deadly force? And he stammered and stopped and backed up. And well, I channeled my inner Rick, right? You know, because that's, that's a, I look, if you watch the podcast, you know, right? This is this. What right? would Lee Curling do? Well, right? I, I channel, you know. Immediately, <laughs> anybody has an inner Rick. That's me, frightening. Me, immediately went to, what is deadly force? Yeah. No, no, what is the definition? And I, at that point, it's like you need to, it, it, it's got to roll off your tongue as quickly as what is your any birthday? of the other stuff. Yeah, what's your birthday? And he was like, that's why I want him to come out and ha I, or that's why I want her to come out and take classes with you and Rick on that aspect of things. I'm pretty good with shooting, but I don't know the other stuff. No, and right? so, 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 so so that right so yes. that, there therein lies the the I understand and I I got the fundamentals I, down. I realize I realized I have this gap. I think I could teach her that. And then suddenly it's like, oh no. When I ask you the very first question, it's, I tripped up. And that's why, I, and that's, that's why I, yeah. So. All right. Quick segue. Free advice. If you're a male homo sapiens and you have a wife, girlfriend, sister, daughter, any significant other of the other sex do not attempt on your own to teach them to shoot work a clutch or drive a motorcycle or scuba dive or scuba dive get somebody that you know and trust to have them do it so that they can come home and tell you how great or shitty the day was because if it was a shitty day you do not want to sit across the dinner table from them after having had that shitty day the other aspect of that, all, all kidding aside, is mm -hmm. um, like like my daughters. My daughters can't take riding lessons from me. They, they can't mm -hmm. stand to have me in the ring with them, right? It just stresses them out. Here's the deal. We have a tendency 
all human beings have a tendency, but especially guys who teach shit have a tendency to go, well, you're my significant other, and I know these things. You, therefore, by osmosis, should probably understand them already. And even if we don't intentionally put that stress on the person we're trying to teach, it's been my experience over the years, that they end up picking that stress up. And then it's and then it just becomes counterintuitive. And the difference, and I say that about the the opposite sex, because guys have the ability, in my experience, to go, look, retard, I don't understand what the fuck you're saying. Could you try that in English? And then your got friend goes, oh, that's right, Rick. You don't understand anything about computers, much less cybersecurity. Let me dumb this down a little for you. I, I, I'm not allowed to touch the computers in Lee's house because I am a walking virus. I don't know shit about computers. Right? Yeah. So, but if I needed to learn something about computers, I'm not going to get stressed out because I'm going to be like, well, Lee's not going to stress me out. I mean, I'm going to stress you out because I'm going to ask stupid questions and you're like, how do you not know that? But, that's just a chunk of advice. It was a segue. Yeah. And I noticed that Amy smiled when we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Because she knows. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. Jared and I were very quickly at at each other's throats when I was trying to help him with some speech issues he had when he was younger. So I knew I couldn't be the one yep. to do it with him. He needed somebody else mm-hmm. to tell him what needed to be done because it wouldn't be but a minute, if even that, that he'd be going, I am doing it, Mom! And I'm going, no, you're not. And then it's just this big old thing. So, yep. yeah. Well, but it's like, you know, and anything... He, 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 teaching your own kid anything oh, is, yeah. like, totally... Well, you're yeah. m- Much like things that work that we've all seen, you're mm-hmm. too close to be objective. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You're too close yeah. to... Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're you're you know what? You couldn't do this one skill, but it's okay. You'll pick it up eventually or whatnot. No. You can't demonstrate the basics... You don't get to move on to the cool stuff. Right. That's right. Because then you end up like Starbuck. Hi, Katie. But, yeah, I agree. I'm not going to teach anybody scuba diving. If, you know, kids want to get into it, hey, Rick, Mm -hmm. Lee, where are you guys? Uh, I'll pick them up at five. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so, and which leads into the whole being professionally objective. Mm-hmm. You know, so, it, and so if you're going to be a professional, you have to have the ability to take a step back, look at your, look at your own curriculum vitae, look at your own experience, and go, "Am I really confident and competent enough that I should be teaching this to somebody else?" You know, um, I've got probably twenty leg, twenty hours of bootleg time flying airplanes. Thirty years ago. I would not try to teach somebody to fly an airplane. I can have a conversation with people about flying airplanes, but yeah, I I, I wouldn't teach anybody. Just like you had talked about, yeah, I'll, I'll jump out of an airplane, but I'm not going to try to teach somebody how to be a paratrooper. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right. Yeah. Not, I did not learn how to do that. Right? Yeah, I did not learn how to teach you how to do that. You yeah. can, I could, I I could kill you because I know what I'm supposed to do, but that does not mean. And to segue yeah. this into, you know, some of the other podcasts we've done mm-hmm. and whatnot, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're a good instructor. Exactly. Well, I know some awesome shooters out there that absolutely cannot friggin' give you any of that information because they understand it so well they don't get why you don't understand yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and, as, you know, we had a discussion where we, when we talked about, I don't remember which podcast it was, but it was... Uh, we start talking about certifications you had. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And and going through this the speed measurement instructor course. Mm-hmm. Right. My course material is three inches. The student material is a is a half inch. Yeah. Half inch thick. Yeah. When I taught a student how to run radar and run lidar. It's the high level, and what does it take in order to do it efficiently, mm-hmm. effectively? How how do you defend what you did in court, mm-hmm. and how do you understand the operation 
enough that you can defend it in court, right? Mm -hmm. Radar, of course, was at that, you know, was was accepted as yeah. a technology. At that time, when I became an instructor, LIDAR was not. Nope. Mm -hmm. Right? It was, it was still a, it was still not was, necessarily, you had, to, so you, you had to understand more about LIDAR than you actually had to understand about radar. But the depth that I needed to understand things in order to be able to instruct it. Mm -hmm. So when a student asked me a question, I didn't make shit up. Yeah. Right, because right, and, that, and that's and there are a whole so so there may be things that come up in a class that did not come up in your class mm -hmm. that an instructor who was a trained instructor knows answers to may not be anything that's applicable unless unless the question shows up. Yep. Right. You'll it's the you'll pick that up later. Yeah. Right. If if no. if, if you didn't learn it here, eventually you're going to pick it up later down the road, but. If you don't pick it up, if you didn't learn it in your class, and then you turn around and start teaching it, it's it goes back to the the Star Trek, um, the original series with Kirk, right? And we had the 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 post-apocalyptic Earth, right? And they're trying to do the Declaration. Was it the Declaration of Independence, right? Then you know they're just butchering the words, right? Well. This guy talked the, the next generation, that taught the next generation, talked the next generation, taught the next generation, and Kirk, of course, then gives the preamble in the end, right? It's the, you know, after we destroyed the Earth, you know, in the, in the weird future. But it's it's the whole thing. And, it, and again, that also becomes the monkey in the fire hose. Yeah. Right? Well, I, why, why, why do we do what we do? I don't know. We've always done it this way. Yep. And, and, and that gets back to, you know, the talk about what is a professional. Well, you've got to continue the education, yeah. mm -hmm. even though the class you're taking may be beneath your skill set, may be something that you have firmly in bag. But if I watch Rick teach that thing, and it's like, oh, oh, he taught it this way to this person to make them understand it, I can take that back with me, and I'll be like, okay, next time i got to go teach, you know, somebody in high school or, you know, senior citizen or whatnot. Yeah. I can relate this information a little bit differently to get through to them better. It, it becomes another tool in your tool bag in yep. order to, to impart knowledge, right? Or or it's something you know not to do. Or, or <laughs> There's the flip side of that coin of, yeah. oh my God, he couldn't reach half the class. Or or <laughs> it's it's a roll of duct tape that you know that you know you used to wrap that knowledge up and, and, and go, yep, nope, don't, don't, don't do that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I know how not to do things. I'm going to duct tape this knowledge to the top of the flagpole. That, that's a, I've, I've got confirmation that that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that's not something we should do because that didn't work out worth the damn year. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we've, we've talked about that in the past. You know, what is a professional? Well, you know, the, the easy one on that is, well, a professional is somebody who gets paid to do this thing for a living. You know, I, used to, I used to screw people about uh, a friend of mine who's an English major. And I was like, what is a pronoun? She said, well, it's a pronoun. I'm like, well, it's a person, place, or thing that has lost its amateur status. <laughs> but realistically, if you're going to be a professional at something, not only do you have to know what you're doing, whatever mm -hmm. that is, and get paid to do it. But the difference between just being good at something and, and being a true professional is that you are always seeking to get better at what you do. You're always seeking, um, if you if it's a profession that requires certification, then you have to be recertified. Mm -hmm. um, you have to expand on your knowledge base. You have to expand on your skill sets. Um, I was a police officer. So the Commonwealth of Virginia required uh, 40 hours of training every two years to maintain certification and qualification of your firearm within 12 months of the last time you qualified or within a calendar year of when you last qualified, whichever they feel like doing. Weird fucking situation. Which, which, whichever, whichever ping pong comes yeah, we, we, yeah, whichever works out best. Falls right. how to, falls Whatever how to works work. best for the sheriff. Um, yeah, so, but of course, I work. You know, the beach. One of the things that I liked about you know, working there was we got an average, I think, of something like sixty or seventy hours of training every year. 
you know, and, and generally 30 of them involved shooting and or driving. You know, the, the two things that you do offensively the least, mm-hmm. but carry the biggest paycheck if you do them wrong. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of that. So um, we're always getting legal updates and you know, what the what what the Fifth Circuit has to say about this, that, or the other thing. So you're up to date on the most relevant, most recent set of standards and knowledge that is particular to what it is that you do. Um, you know, as a firearms instructor, I had to shoot every year to prove that I could still shoot so I could demo, but an odd thought. Mm-hmm. But I also had to demonstrate the ability to teach something, right? Mm-hmm. So as a, so as a general instructor for, as an instructor for DCGS, Virginia Department of Criminal Justice Services. So I was a general instructor, which meant I could teach anything that was not specialized. And then I was a driving instructor and firearms instructor. So every year I had to demonstrate that I could still drive and still shoot and that I could still develop a lesson plan that had nothing to do with either of those skill sets and also demonstrate that I could do those skill sets. That keeps you on your toes, right? That way you don't become the guy who, well, you know, I'm, I'm the sensei in the dojo and I, I won the regional championship in 1978. And then I retired at the top of my game. That was the only competition I was ever in. And I retired then uh, so I could say I was never beaten again after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've just been teaching the same thing. And I haven't taken any other classes. I haven't learned anything from anybody else. I mean, minimally, that's going to get stale and or minimally, you're going to find yourself, um, people have a tendency to do this, not doing the stuff you don't like to do. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I got to I got to Mounted Patrol 2013 and I remember the original manual because I was there mm-hmm. when it was written. I looked at the manual that we had in 2013 when I got it and I went, 35% of the shit that was in the original manual is gone. Mm-hmm. Well, over the years, the chief instructor didn't like this. So he took it out. I don't want to teach it. I don't want to teach it. And then that. a new chief instructor took this other thing out. And then so now you get this watered out thing. And if you're a professional, you you are, you are have the, there's the other aspect. One of the other aspects of being a professional is you have the ethics that mm-hmm. you go, all right, I don't like to do this portion of it. But it's important and it needs to be done, so I do it. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Right? It's, I, you had somebody, every time somebody came in, they took away what they didn't like. Mm-hmm. As opposed to refreshing the manual Yeah. and what's new, mm-hmm. what's current, what is the industry doing. Yeah, what's the new standard. Which, which may take away from the thing I don't like. Yeah. It may leave the thing I don't like. Or change how we do the thing I don't like, but right the your, the the ethics of that, yeah. right, the professionalism of that, the the knowledge and confidence of a professional in that case is the refresh is not let me go take out the things I don't like, but let me make sure that what we're doing is up to date. Yeah. Right? And we had that about different. we had that about a year ago where we got asked to do an RSO class and they're like, Yeah, we don't want to do shotguns. We mean you know, we don't we we don't think we're gonna come across shotguns. Yeah. The mm-hmm. number one selling firearm in the United States year after year after year after year mm-hmm. are shotguns. Mm-hmm. Far and above all the other types. But yeah. you don't want to learn how to safely run a range with those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Because if you've never touched a pump shotgun, oh yeah, you're you're, you're gonna be hard pressed to figure that out. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The the difference between a Winchester and a Remington, you know, semi-automatic. Oh you're gonna yeah. Be hard pressed to figure that yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You you right? you've got a jam in an Autolite five. Ooh, if you if you're not familiar with that, mm-hmm. good that's luck. your first time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're in for a treat. Absolutely, right? It, it, yeah. it is a how you deal with a the different. It, probably more difficult to teach the plethora of common 
shotguns mm -hmm. than it is yeah. common handguns. Oh, semi-automatic handguns? Oh, so absolutely. There, there, oh, yeah. there's, there's, there's two or three things you need to understand, and you can get through just about every single semi-automatic handgun. Yeah. Shotgun? No. Pump, semi... No. Break, break action. Break action. Yeah. Yeah. They're all. Where's I mean, the action button? Where's the where's the yeah. safety? No. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. How the safety, how the safety is, is is manipulated. How the 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 bolt is 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 manipulated. Mm -hmm. um, you know how the the feeding mechanisms taken yeah. apart. Feeding mechanisms are are, are are different across the. The, the common models, no. they're, they're all just vastly different. Most, uh, a pump, once you, once you put, you know, once you, once you put that pump forward, I don't know how many people go, what do I do now? Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't know what to do now. Right? And depending on the model, where's, where, where's, where's the release for that? Right? Yeah. It's, it's every single one. It's, there's a lot more to know about a shotgun than there is. Oh yeah. Which is why that's hard. So don't let's not teach that because that's hard. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So rip that out of the manual. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can you do this class just without that? No. Uh, no. No. Not ethically. No. And, <laughs> and, and, and we, we roll back to the ethics, mm -hmm. the confidence, the competence, and the understanding of vicarious liability. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not willing to say you are a qualified range safety officer if you don't know how to operate a third of the weapon systems out here. Mm -hmm. Because five years from now, when somebody goes, I was walking past Bobo's classroom and the RSO shot through the drywall with a load of buckshot and now I got a peg leg and I got a part-time job <laughs> as a pirate... And Agdef Saul certified that person as an RSO. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to bite that mm -hmm. fucking liability sandwich. Yeah. And and even if even if we didn't say, yeah, I I, I don't want to get sued behind that, ethically. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and again, that's I think that's one of the things that especially when we talk about professionalism. Professionalism and competence go hand in hand, and part of a big part of being a professional at whatever you do is ethics, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, now is some of that situational ethics? Yes. Some of that is situational ethics. Uh, but realistically ethics is ethics. And you know, how do you teach a defensive carbine class? If you're not going to talk about deadly force Yeah. Mm -hmm. or how about this? I'm going to teach you about a skill set that I do not have. Mm-hmm. Nor should you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some of those kind of yeah, yeah. You know. So I. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, well. It, you. You sent a. Uh, you sent that brochure or that advertisement out about a class that somebody was teaching, and I all I could think was, okay. Um, so they're 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 doing a simunition CQC refresher class. To who? Don't get me wrong. I think it's mm -hmm. great that you're if you're going to teach somebody CQC that you utilize SIMS. It's a fucking fantastic training tool. Um, but who the fuck are you teaching an open enrollment CQC refresher class to? Wouldn't your law enforcement or military agency have already contracted a company, your company, if your company is that well reputed? To come teach that class? Why we go back to from an ethical standpoint? And my curious liability. Mm -hmm. um, why should I teach you something that it would be wrong for you to employ? And if I know what the fuck I'm talking about, I know you shouldn't be employing it. Why should I be tacitly telling you you should be doing it? That I think that's irresponsible, and I think it's unethical. We. we Certainly flogged that fucking mm -hmm. expired equity once or twice. Um, and back to if that's not your skill set, mm -hmm. where's your competency? Yeah. yeah. And, and how is it that you have confidence to teach, to teach something you've never that done. you've never done? Yeah. Kind of like, like if 
you work for a company and somebody that you know shows up to that class and then you go, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not teaching. I don't want to give you my instructor bio. I'm just standing here in the wings. If you, if you do that tap dance, then you're, you're throwing out there, yeah, I probably shouldn't be teaching this. I have I have been at classes before, where I was a student, mm-hmm. and the instructor in the class has said, "This is what we're teaching X Y Z. Um, Rick is here. He's taking the class. He teaches this class. If you're standing near him and you have a question, you can ask him, and he probably has the answer." And I didn't go, "Oh no 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 no." I know. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not here to teach, mm-hmm. but I certainly have the, the gravitas to be able to do it. So, if you need assistance, extend that assistance. professional courtesy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right. You know, and feel free to ask him a question. But he is here as a student. Yeah, right. oh. and in a confident, confident professional instructor would keep an eye out, and if, and if you are now being pegged with questions as opposed to being a member of the class would take action to go. Yeah, we're going to move you to the other end. We're so going to move you to the other end because you're 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 now not taking the class. You're now instructing the class, and that's not why you're here. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, but it you know to swing back towards towards confidence and competence. Um, there is that that at times inverse relationship mm-hmm. right where, where a lack of a lack of competence may give a massive amount of confidence right with with, with without understanding things generally we do see as you gain more knowledge gain more experience you gain more competence right your your confidence level begins to level off and rise with with your gain in in competence but it also in, in the but the great eraser word you've got to do something that, that you had said continuing education and those types of things because if you're if you're out there as a professional with a limited amount of competence or experience just because you keep teaching the same thing over and over and over again your confidence level is going to begin to rise back up i've been teaching this i've been teaching this for like a year 29,000 students i'm awesome i'm awesome but you haven't learned anything new you were just continuing to regurgitate the same thing french repeat right and I think it's hopefully I'm not going to step on anything by saying this but it's something that, that, that you had said from your previous time in an organization you were in um, where that organization did not want to send people out to do external training mm-hmm. right? and all of their training was internal. Mm-hmm. They, they certified their own trainers. Yep. They did their own curriculum. Yep. So it became this incestuous, mm-hmm. you know, inbreeding of yeah. of material. And look how great we are. Mm-hmm. But you you're not bringing in continuous new material yeah. based on competent external factors and i think that's something that that, that's really important and and you can't just go to a class and then cherry pick the two or three fun things out of a class i think that becomes the 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 other part of that when you when you start as to build out that kind of that kind of material is is it you've got to go you've got to understand the the greater aspect of the course and the material that you're taking to understand how you refresh your your material. One of those things that I saw this with the organization you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have somebody who comes here, 
they get the training, they get the initial training that they get, and then they don't get any external training. They don't want to go to do any other training. And then so they're they're in this unit for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And they've never been anywhere else. They've only ever done what they did. So they don't end up with 10 years of experience. They end up with 10 years of that same one year's worth of experience. Yes. We mm-hmm. see that. I see that from time to time with some of our competitive shooters mm-hmm. who get into shooting because mm-hmm. they think it's going to be cool, which it is. So they get into shooting and they're enthusiastic. So they go out and they take some classes, right? And then they get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then they start shooting consistently and they start coming in, they start shooting and shooting matches. And they do fairly well. And they plateau. They don't plateau at the bottom. They plateau in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then they look around and they go, well, that person's a gym rat and they're in better shape than me. This person gets paid to shoot for a living, so that's why they're better than me. But I'm actually really, really good. And I've been doing this for four or five years. And I've been successfully doing it for the last three years without taking any extra training. Right. I quit going to the trainer because... I got this down. I'm good enough. I'm I'm and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm really awesome. I'm really good. And now, well, I've been doing this for three years. I can probably teach. Hmm. And then you go, and then they say they, they go, okay. And then you, as a friendly, and, as, and, in and, friendly and, advice, go. Well, have you thought about this? Yeah, and yeah. they go, what is that? Huh? Because, because the reality is they've got less than a year of training. Yeah. yeah. And the experience is regurgitating the same thing. And and we had this we had this discussion way, way, way back on on a podcast. Yeah. Um to see if I can try to remember some of the, the salient points of that. But but essentially when you stop training and you go, I'm just gonna train myself, you get the okay. What is it that I remember? And that goes into the, 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 the next thing, which, which you already talked about. Those things I don't really like to do, I'm, I'm going to stop doing those. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm going to continue to whittle down. And the I took this course. They had all of these, these things in it, way more than I, than I can remember. And then I'm working on those things. And I, and I took the five things that I remembered away. And then I worked on four of them that I liked. So I jettisoned one. And I, don't, I didn't really understand two of the four that well. So I've been doing them. I've been doing those kind of half-ass. So now I've got a lot of bad habits. But I've been working on those other two. And, you know, so a year later, because you haven't been doing that continual education, mm-hmm. um, I got a half-ass... I'm half-assed at two of 20 skills, and I've injected a bunch of really, really bad habits. You, you've probably run into, because you did long-distance shooting a good bit, and three-gun, so you've probably mm-hmm. run into something similar. I did a whole lot for 20-some years. I did mm-hmm. mostly handgun competition. There were a couple of guys that I used to shoot with who were part of one of the clubs down here, and there was a guy who was fucking amazing on the press. I mean, this fucking dude was good. The buzzer went off. He turned 180 degrees. He'd get his draw out. Ding, 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 ding. It, it wasn't double taps. It was six solid tempo. One, two, three, four, five, six. Exactly the way you're supposed to do. Get a quick reload. One, two, three, four, five, six. Phenomenal. Just amazing. That's all he could do. I mean, he could do fucking El Prez all day long. He's phenomenal at it. Bill drills? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Or then any of these other weird things, like some of the funky shit we come up with, wheels would come right off the bus. The guy just couldn't do it. He'd found this one skill, this one drill that he thought was the knee plus ultra. And so if, if I can do that, if I can do that great I'll be able to do everything really well. And you're like, no, not necessarily, dude. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the fact that you bought a guitar and you learned how to play Eruption, that's great. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, hey, can you play anything else? Can you play some Beach Boys? Nope. Yeah. I, play, I, I play Eruption. Mm-hmm. Can, can you 
play the games. No, and it, you know, to take a step back, you know, sure, some of the shooters of Plateau or one are like, oh, I can teach this. Why? 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 Why do they want to teach? Okay, because you're a good shooter, and we've talked about being a good shooter doesn't necessarily mean you're a good instructor. Mm-hmm. You know, being a good NASCAR driving instructor, you know, doesn't make you a good shooter. No. Nope. So uh, the the inverse is true sometimes. So why, you know? One of the big things, one of the big things I wrestled with on becoming an instructor, because I'm not gonna lie, I didn't start out being like, oh, one day I want to teach this to people. Little, you know, six year old Jeremy is like, I'm gonna grow up and be a shooting instructor. No, no, that was not it. But you know, I'm gonna grow up and be one of the village people. Yeah, exactly. Look how well I'm doing at that. You are in the navy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're not not in jail, so that's. But yeah, you're not in jail. And that amazes all of us. Yeah, amazes me too. (laughs) But you know, I mean, we've all you know had the talks off camera. You know, hey, Rick, why do you do this? Lee, why do you do this? You know, and we we get around to it, and there's some deep Mm -hmm. conversations or whatnot. When I got one of my first instructorships, scuba diving instructor, that instructor had to hound me for a year to start the instructor pipeline. You need to be an instructor. And I kept saying, no, I, I don't want to be an instructor. Why don't you want to be an instructor? Well, because I don't want to turn something that I love into work. Into work. Yeah. As soon as this becomes work and it's not fun anymore, if I ever wake up one day and say, fuck, i got to go to the range today. At that point, okay, it's time for me to start freaking selling everything I have and find something that I love again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, exactly right. I'm not, we keep joking around, we're not in this to make money. None of us are driving fucking Bentleys. So, you know, there's got to be some sort of a drive other than, okay, I'm a good shooter, now I can use this to make money. If we're being ethical. And and again, I said this about about being a riding instructor, a shooting instructor. I said the same thing about being a field training officer when I was a police officer. If the big, if, if when somebody says, why do you do this? The first thing you say is for the money, you're probably not the right you're probably not the guy I want to take lessons from mm-hmm. no. yeah. because if all you give a shit about is is the money aspect of it I'm going to sign you up for every class well, I can and beyond <laughs> but beyond that if all you care about is the is the paycheck on the end of it then you don't give a shit about anything until the end of the day when I hand you the check mm-hmm. which means all day long You've just been waiting for the money. Mm-hmm. And once you get the money, now you don't want to fucking talk to me anymore anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, sure they do. They want you to come back and take another class and give you more money. Sure, but... So there's no grading criteria, and then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you made it through the level one, come oh, back to the level two, it's next doing, month. You're doing great. You're fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a fucking <laughs> operator. Yeah. Um, I. And it's funny that you talk about, you know, Guys being really good at stuff and, and not necessarily being good instructors. Uh, when I became a field training officer in the police department, um, it was a very, very, very subjective process at the time. They've, they've since changed it. But back then, you had to be approved by all the other FDNs. And they decided. They interviewed you. They did an investigation. They talked to you. They talked to the people you worked around. And if the if the other FTOs in the police department said, no, we, we don't think he's going to do what is supposed to be done because, you know, he's just doing this for the money, then you didn't get to do it. I worked with dudes who were phenomenal cops. Just great cops. And I was like, how come you're not an FTO? And they're like, uh, because I don't like anybody else to fucking drive. If you're <laughs> going to be an FTO, you got to ride in the passenger seat. Uh, I don't want to be an FTO because if I'm being an FTO, i got to spend my time teaching instead of being a cop and I want to be a cop mm-hmm. yeah and then and then of course there were guys who were really good at what they did and you go hey how did you how did you know that this guy had dope on him and they go I, I just did mm-hmm. yeah but okay right. yeah, you can't teach that so no. yeah so now I never knew it I knew plenty of great cops who were not FTOs. I knew all of the good FTOs I knew <laughs> were all damn good cops. Mm-hmm. And I knew plenty of FTOs who were okay cops 
but really good instructors. Mm -hmm. And because they were really good instructors, their rookies went on to be better cops than them. Mm -hmm. Which, realistically, at the end of the day, that it, I, I tell people this all the time, uh, especially in the writing world. My goal is to make you better than me. I want you to mm -hmm. be better than me. You put the time, energy, and effort into it that I have put into it. I'll give 100% of what I've got. If you give 100% of what you've got, between the two of us, you should get better than me. That's my goal. But. But. <laughs> I'm going to go back to what you just said. They're good FTOs. Mm -hmm. They're really good instructors. These rookies went on to be better cops than they were. Mm -hmm. The key to all that is they had to be have the confidence mm -hmm. based on the competence that they have, yeah. based on their experience, their knowledge, skills, and training to be able to impart that knowledge mm -hmm. to allow their rookies to become better cops yeah. than they were. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right? I, and I think that's that's the... The, the important thing there is it's it's the knowing and having the pipeline, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, mm -hmm. right? The FTOs being a self-regulating organization at the time. Yeah. If you weren't going to be a good FTO, if you were if you lack those skills and you lack the ability, you're not gonna you're not gonna come in here. Because you're going to mess up the organization. You mess up the organization, that's going to cause problems for all the rest of us. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have that in this community. No. Anybody no. can say, hey, I'm a professional. I'm a firearms instructor. Right. I'm, definitely, I'm an operator. Right. I got my hat on backwards. Anybody can call themselves an operator. Right. No criteria for calling yourself an operator. Chief financial operator over here, the organization. Yeah, he's the, well, he's the chief financial organizer, officer, right? Operator. I mean... Unless, unless that's, what the, that's what the O's and CFO stands for. Unless, you, unless right? you ask him. <laughs> and then you go, so what So what do you do here? And he goes, ah, ah, ah. Nerd stuff. Yeah. yeah. We went all the way back to the very first episode with that one. <laughs> well, how you put up with us sometimes. I don't know. Lee's like, <laughs> taking a shit on all y'all's W-2s. <laughs> <laughs> And Rick just got a notification about a shipment incoming. Might want to open that one outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, glitter bomb. So, I think we went in some. I'm more homeless rabbits. No, I think we went down some some. I don't think we heard very different directions. The shoe fits right. The shoe fits, right? I mean, if the mechanic works, if you're, if you have confidence, the question is, are you confident? That's like, hey, the FBI, right? FBI always say every, every class I ever took with the FBI when I was in the detective, that always look like you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. and people won't question you, and you can always figure out what's going on later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. If you, if you, you want to, you want to burgle a job site. Get a hard hat and a clipboard. People will run from you. Or hire Mac to show up to the front lobby. And then while everybody's distracted dealing with McClucky, threatening to turn people into lizards. I told you that story, didn't I? No. This is a great Mac story. So back in the old days... Apparently we're going to have a story time. Story time with Rick. Story time with Rick. That's a good story. <laughs> so they arrested this guy. So we had a holding cell at the old third precinct back in the back in the dungeon. And it, it was loud back there. This, this is pre-cameras. So every 15 minutes you walk back and go, yeah, he's not dead. He's not dead yet. So this guy's back there screaming and being a pain in the ass. Somebody arrested him. And they're waiting for the paddy wagon to come haul his ass off to the jail. So the, the PDO precinct desk officer is tired of listening to the guy running his mouth. So she says something. Hey, this guy's back here running his mouth. He's a pain in the ass. So McLucky, being McLucky, Walks back there and goes, fuck are you doing? He goes, I'm a Satan worshiper. Satan, 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 blah, blah, blah. So McClucky, being McClucky, goes, you're a Satan worshiper? He goes, yeah, that's right. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. And he goes, what sect do you belong to? And the guy goes, what? Pulling your card. And he goes, 
Who is your coven leader? Yeah. Huh? Buck goes, you're not really a Satan worshiper. Because you know the questions. You know the answer to the questions that I just asked you if you were one of us. Can you turn people into lizards? No. I can, and I will if you're not quiet. And then left. And since McLucky looked like one of Tolkien's elves, the guy fucking believed him and was quiet until they came and collected him and took him off to jail. That was the same precinct. This is a, this is a good story, too. Back in the old days. They had a guy who was being a pain in the ass. He was drunk. And uh, so they take him off to jail. Uh, and he comes to court. And the judge says, okay, uh, yeah, you were drunk in public, blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, $25 in cost. And the guy goes, boy, that's better than what the last judge gave me. And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, well, the night I got arrested, I got tried. <laughs> where? At the third precinct where they arrested me. You got tried? Yeah, I was, I was in there and I, I, was, yeah, I was being obstreperous. And so the judge came in and held court and found me guilty of drunk in public and ordered me 20 years in the gas chamber. And the judge said, who was the judge? He goes, I didn't get his name. He goes, what did he look like? He goes, and he's a black guy with a robe. He goes, I don't have any black judges in Virginia Beach. This is in like 1978. Turned out as a police officer had taken his black overcoat and put it on backwards and went into, I'm the judge. I'm going to send you to 20 years in the... Yes, Chamber, if you don't shut up. <laughs> Not allowed to do shit like that anymore. And we were worse off for it, I think. <laughs> so there's a far end of the spectrum. Act confident. <laughs> and you, you there you <laughs> we talked about confidence and confidence. There was a lot of confidence there. <laughs> we're not sure about the confidence, yeah. but yeah. hey, hey. That was the 70s. Not, not sure, the 70s. Was, was, not sure if Matt can really turn people into lizards. I don't want to find out. I don't know if he can or not. But I, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask. Yeah. So, any rocks, bottles, hand grenades? Uh, but broken canics? No, I don't no. think so. Rick Trebwasser. See, we didn't even talk shit on canics much. There were a couple of canics out there today, I saw. Mm, see, mm -hmm. see, yeah. see more and more. And then whatever B was shooting was obnoxious. That that uh, um, carbine she had. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Break, the break on that. Whatever the break on that. I mean, she did well. Yeah. Uh -huh. Damn. I was like, ah, I'm really regretting it's standing on a covered range today. That's just because Amy wasn't shooting. Amy didn't shoot mine. Oh yeah, well you've got that fan on there, haven't you? I, well, it's a, the deep it it's a deep and tactical. Ooh. Ooh yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, the muzzle doesn't rise. Mm -hmm. Anything, but I'll tell you what, you know, you know, it's shot. Yeah, the, the, right? yeah, the people standing near you uh -huh. are less than your RSO <laughs> hate you. Yes, your RSO, <laughs> your RSO hate you. Yes, you're uh -huh. fucking Barrett. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Uh -huh. I uh, yeah, I, I would not stand beside her when she's shooting. I would stand behind her if, uh, if, if, if yeah. Cool. <laughs> no, but other than that, no rocks, bottles, bombs, hand grenades. I think it was, and these good talk. Yeah. Watch out on our website. Jousting lessons coming. Watch out for our <laughs> watch out for our website. It's coming it's soon. It's coming soon. Yeah, so 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 we're gonna teach jousting. Um I saw that on YouTube. Um, I think I can teach it. Um I stayed at a holiday Jap in uh that helps. Yeah. Japanese sword fighting. Um Not ninja course. Fighting. We should we should teach a week long ninja course. Cause I, I watched some movies. Actually, we, we could make good money yeah. telling people how ninja-like they look. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Get them there. Yeah. I, there. There is part of me that wants to, just for the fun of it, just go to one of those lightsaber classes and then just go off the rails like and, and be like the local news story. Madman runs through lightsaber class with a blowtorch. Dude, I can run through there, chopping shit up, going, I'm one with the Force. The Force is with me. 
is the way. This there you the, go. This, this is, is the, the way. way. And we'll see you next week. Be safe. Just like you had talked about, yeah, I'll, I'll jump out of an airplane, but I'm not going to try to teach somebody how to be a paratrooper. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right. Yeah. But not, I did not learn how to do that. Right? Yeah. I did not learn how to teach you how to do that. You yeah. can, I could, I, I could kill you. 